Welcome to the teaching ministry at Calvary PSL. Here's Pastor Will with the message, It's Not What You Think. Have you ever wondered why so many people struggle to find happiness? Well, I believe that people struggle to find happiness because they try to find it in things. Today, what I'm gonna show you is where happiness actually comes from, and I promise you this, it's not what you think. So what makes you happy? What makes you happy? Well, I Googled it, and the internet told me that if I can get good exercise, good sex, and good sleep, and a pet, that I could be happy. <laughs> so then I went to Siri, true story, and I said, hey Siri, what makes you happy? And this is what Siri said, and I quote, I am the software version of happiness, are you happy? So she turns it on me and I'm like, no, I'm not happy. And then this is what Siri said. She said, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Maybe calling a family member or a friend might help. Would you like for me to call someone? I said, yes, please, call my therapist. <laughs> then I went to my friends on social media and I said, what makes you happy? And this, uh, these are some of the responses. Uh, one person said, my family. Another person said, smoked brisket. That's what's up. I wonder who said that. My wife said you, to which I said, Jenny Allen Price, I love you. Um, and then I wonder who posted this. This person said, Reagan, her slippers, the sun and the sun is what makes her happy. Uh, and then this person said, freedom. And then finally, this person said, seeing others happy. Now, I would be lying to you if I told you that things can't make you happy. They can. But here's the problem with things. Things can only bring you temporary happiness. Now, to illustrate this a little bit further, how many of you have a dog? Okay, lots of dog people in the house. I'm a dog person myself, and uh, man, do dogs are so cute and so cuddly, and they just make us so happy, don't they? Until they poop and pee on the floor, and then we're not happy anymore, right? Until, ladies, you go to work, and somebody's like, hey, I really like your outfit, and you're like, oh, I'm happy again, right? Right? Until, guys, you get off of work, and you go to Home Depot, and you buy something, right? And then you're happy, right? Bottom line, when we make happiness about things, it always just leads to something else. And the world says about this, what I call a futile attempt at trying to find happiness, the world says, this is the way. But what I'm gonna show you this morning is that Jesus has given us a better way, and I promise you, it's not what you think. Now, if I could sum up the message in one sentence, this would be it. Happiness isn't found in things, it's found in who? Happiness isn't found in things, it's found in who? So let's grab our Bibles. Let's turn to Matthew chapter five. We're gonna be starting in verse one. Matthew chapter five, verse one. Now before we jump in here, I need to clarify three things, okay? Three things that are super important for us to understand uh, before we jump into this passage. Number one, I know that when a lot of you read the Beatitudes, which is what we're gonna be in today, when a lot of you read the Beatitudes, you say, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are, blessed are, blessed are. Can I just ask you this morning, who's Ed? <laughs> Can somebody find Ed? Because we need to bless him, 
apparently, right? Bless, we don't say blessed here, we say blessed. It's 2021, y'all. We don't speak King James. Here we say blessed, understood? That's number one. Number two, let's talk about the meaning of the word blessed, okay? The word blessed comes from the Greek word makarios, which could mean happy, blessed, or fortunate. Most scholars agree that uh, the best rendering of makarios here in the passage that we're gonna be reading today means happiness, but not the kind of happiness that comes and goes with our circumstances. Makarios is a happiness that is self-contained, meaning it's not influenced by anything around it. No circumstances, no changes in life. It is what it is. It's, it's, it's happiness in, in the purest, most godly sense. That's what the word blessed means here uh, in this passage that we're reading. So number one, we say blessed. Number two, the word blessed comes from makarios and it means happiness in the, most, uh, in the truest, most godly sense. And then number three, and this is really, really, really important for us to understand, and that is that the Sermon on the Mount, okay, this passage of scripture that we're about to be reading uh, uh, today, the Sermon on the Mount is about the culture of the kingdom of heaven and how its citizens are to behave. It's very important that you understand this. The Sermon on the Mount, this, 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 this message that Jesus preaches to the people is about the culture of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is preaching what the kingdom of heaven looks like and he talks about how its citizens are to behave. Now, I wanna talk about the word citizen real quick, okay? We'll just dig a little bit deeper here on this third point of clarification because it's super, super, super important, okay? Citizens, all right? About to jump in, Matthew 5, verse one, but just, just hang with me here, okay? Let's talk about citizens. Who are citizens and what do they do? Well, a citizen is born into a kingdom. These days we call them countries, right? I was born uh, into the kingdom or the country of the United States of America, therefore I am a citizen of the United States of America. Now what do citizens do? Well, citizens adopt the culture and the behaviors and the values of uh, uh, the kingdom that they're born into. Does that make sense? Okay, now, how many of you are followers of Jesus Christ? Just lift up your hand and you say, I'm a Christian, I'm here today, I'm a Christian. Okay, praise God, praise God. Listen, this is very, very important, okay? When you become a Christian, you are born again, okay? So listen, you're born into the kingdom of this world, but when you repent of your sins and you put your trust in Jesus Christ, you are born again and you become a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Paul said it this way in Philippians 3.20 that as Christians, our citizenship is in heaven. What that means is we become strangers and aliens in the kingdom of this world and we're just passing through. And as such... We no longer live by the culture and the values and the behaviors of the kingdom of this world. What do we do? As citizens of the kingdom of heaven, we live by its values. We live by its uh, culture. Does that make sense? It's incredibly important that you get this before we jump in because Jesus is about to show us how as citizens of heaven, who we are in him and where Makarios actually comes from. All right, so let's grab our Bibles. Matthew chapter five, verse one, it says this. It says, seeing the crowds, he, talking about Jesus, went up on the mountain 
And when he had sat down, his disciples came to him. Verse two, and he opened his mouth and he taught them. What's happening here, Jesus is proclaiming the kingdom of heaven and its culture and how its citizens behave. And this is what he says about finding happiness. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are the poor in spirit. In other words, happy are the humble. Now, this is a very different attitude uh, from what's prevalent in the kingdom of this world, isn't it? Because the world says that happy people are prideful and, and, and proud and, and that happy people are powerful and in control and that happy people build for themselves a, a kingdom of wealth and popularity, right? But Jesus says, not in my kingdom because in my kingdom, the happy people are the humble people. Jesus says the happy people are the ones who have an accurate view of themselves. And so they could be rich or they could be poor or somewhere in between. And so, but, but no, no matter how much they have or how little they have, they, their attitude is that I am nothing without Jesus Christ. I am nothing without Jesus Christ. And so what makes you happy? Jesus kicks off the sermon by saying being humble is what makes you happy. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then he goes on and he says this. He says, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. In other words, the happy people are sad. Talk about a paradox, right? Happy are those who are sad? What did Jesus mean? Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is about our attitude toward all of the bad things going on in the kingdom of this world. This is about our attitude towards sin and its effects, all right? Jesus says, citizens of the kingdom of heaven, they're deeply saddened by the bad things that are going on in this world. They're deeply saddened by sin and its effects. Now, contrast that with the way the world thinks. Citizens of the kingdom of this world, worldly people as we often call them, they ain't sad about sin, right? They celebrate sin and they don't care what the Bible says about the wages of sin is death, right? And so what do they do? Worldly people pursue happiness through sin. Now, don't get me wrong, there's lots of worldly people out there who feel bad about the bad stuff that, that they, they, they struggle with and do from time to time, right? I've known plenty of worldly people who, you know, commit a sin and they feel bad about it, right? But do you know the difference between the kind of person Jesus is talking about and a worldly person? The worldly person feels bad for a hot minute about their sin, but then they're on to the next thing. And in contrast, Jesus says a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, they're so deeply saddened by their sin, they may commit a sin, but they feel so bad about it and they don't want anything to do with it that they walk away from it and they repent from it and they turn to the Lord for forgiveness. But the apostle Paul said it this way, Godly, 2 Corinthians seven ten, godly grief or mourning, the same thing that Jesus is talking about here with sadness, right? He, Paul, Paul says godly grief produces a, a repentance that leads to salvation without regret. But worldly grief, it produces death. Godly sadness causes me to repent 
and be saved. Worldly sadness is temporary and then I'm on to the next thing, which leads to death. Jesus said the happy people, they're the ones deeply troubled about all the bad things going on in this world. And he says, in the kingdom of heaven, they're gonna be comforted. And so what makes you happy? Well, I know it's kind of hard to wrap our minds around, but sadness over sin and death is what makes us happy. Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn. Then he goes on. He says, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And this is an interesting one, because no one grows up aspiring to be meek. Right, no little boy goes to his dad and says, Dad, I wanna be a superhero called Meek Man, right? No daughter goes to her father and says, Dad, I want you to meet the man of my dreams. He is so <laughs> meek, right? But here's what you need to understand. Meekness does rhyme with weakness, but it is not that. Meekness is power under control. The idea here is of a 1,250 pound horse that's been broken. It's big and it's powerful and it has the ability to just run wild. But look at that halter around the horse's head. That halter around that horse's head means this, that it's been brought under control by its master. Jesus says citizens of the kingdom of heaven are brought under control by their master. And the way to tell? Well, in a metaphorical sense, they have the halter of meekness upon them. Right, we, we may be powerful, right? We may be in a, 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 a high position. We may have strong personalities, right? We may have the ability uh, uh, to, 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 to try to control our circumstances, but as citizens of the kingdom of heaven, Jesus says, no, we're meek. And I love what David Guzik said about meek people. He said, meek people before God uh, submit to his will and conform to his word. And meek people uh, in the presence of men are strong, yet also humble, gentle, patient, and long-suffering. And so what makes you happy? Jesus says, meekness. Jesus says having power under the control of the master is what makes you happy. Happy are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And Jesus goes on. He says, you wanna, you wanna find happiness? You wanna know where true happiness comes from? He says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Now I love this. Jesus, the, the master teacher that he was, he taps into the very real, very human need for uh, food and drink, right? And his audience in that day and time would have really understood that because they knew what it was to be hungry and to be thirsty and to be without. Now you and I, we live in one of the richest nations in the world where food and drink are readily available, right? But how many of you know that we have a choice when it comes to what we eat and what we drink, right? There's good things and there's bad things, right? If I wake up in the morning, I have a choice. I can eat egg whites and bacon and water or I can get me a Pop-Tart and Starbucks with heavy cream and a bunch of sugar, right? I have a choice between eating and drinking the right thing or eating and drinking the wrong thing. Lunch comes around, 
I can eat a chicken salad, drink water, or I can go to McDonald's and I can get a cheeseburger with fries and a Coke, right? I can choose the right thing to eat and drink, I can choose the wrong thing to eat and drink. What's the point? The point is, is that as citizens of, king, of the kingdom of heaven, we are called to have a deep desire, a, a deep hunger and thirst to choose the right thing in a world where there's so many wrong things to choose from. As citizens of the kingdom of heaven, we're called to hunger and thirst for righteousness. We long to do the right thing. And so what makes you happy? Well, Jesus says, hey, a, a, being a citizen of the kingdom of heaven who hungers and thirsts for the right thing is what makes you happy. And then he goes on and he says this, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Now this is one of my favorites. I love that word mercy. What does it mean? Well, mercy means getting something that you don't deserve. Mercy is when you get something that you don't deserve. And can I just tell you this morning, God has been so merciful to us, not giving us what we deserve. Ladies and gentlemen, we're criminals. We're, we're the trespassers. We're the liars and the drunks and the thieves and the sexually immoral. That, immoral that's who we are. We're the sinners. But God so loved us, right, that he gave his one and only son and the son, Jesus Christ, lived a perfect life that you and I could never live. And then he died a brutal death that you and I were supposed to die. That's mercy. That is mercy. And Jesus says, as citizens of the kingdom of heaven, Luke 6, 36, be merciful. Even as your father is merciful. Y'all, the happy people are the ones who don't get revenge. Jesus says the happy people are the ones who don't hold grudges. Jesus says the happy people are the ones who forgive even when the other person hasn't said sorry. And so what makes you happy? Jesus says, listen, being a, a citizen of the kingdom of heaven who is merciful is what makes you happy, blessed, are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Isn't that good? God's mercy is so good. And then he goes on, and he says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart. I don't know about you guys, but in my opinion, purity is just completely lost in the kingdom of this world. Purity is like a foreign idea. All right, just turn on Wild 95.5, or go on Netflix, pick the show. There's not very many wholesome uh, options out there, not very many wholesome songs or shows to watch these days. And if I could just be completely honest with you, I believe that the movies and the music that are out there today, sadly, are a very accurate reflection of the immorality going on in the world around us. Jesus says the happy people are the ones who are not of this world and the ones who are all about purity. Now, are they perfect? No, but the trajectory of their lives is towards purity and it's towards holiness and it's towards closeness with God. And get this, Jesus says these kind of people, these citizens of the kingdom of heaven who are all about purity, they'll see God. 
They'll see God. That's incredible, isn't it? Now, one day Jesus is coming back. We're gonna meet him in the air. He's gonna take us to glory. We're gonna see God. We're gonna see God. What you have to understand is this is not the type of seeing that Jesus is talking about here. When Jesus says that the pure in heart will see God, what he's saying is that the pure in heart will see God in the day-to-day happenings of life. He's saying that the pure in heart will see God at work in neighborhoods and in communities and in the workplace and in this world. Not just in the big ways, but in the small ways. The pure in heart will see God. Ladies and gentlemen, this is one of the marks of a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Their commitment to purity, watch this, gives way to clarity concerning the things of God in this life. Now, as a pastor, I I gotta say this. This breaks my heart, but one of the things that I hear sometimes from people that I'm giving biblical guidance to is this. Pastor, I don't see God at work in my life. Where's God? Like I got all these struggles going on in my life. Where's God? I don't see God at work in my life. And can I just tell you, nine times out of 10, when I dig deeper into their lives, what I find is a lack of purity. What I find is moral compromises. And so here's what's true. Impurity, immorality in our lives, making compromises in our lives, it muddies up my perception. But purity gives me clarity concerning the things of God. When our hearts are set on purity, not only are we happy, but Jesus says we see God. And so what makes you happy? A commitment to purity as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven is what makes you happy. Happy are the pure in heart. Jesus goes on and he says, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called children of God. Why are peacemakers called children of God? Well, what do children do in relation to their parents when they're growing up? You're like, misbehave. (laughs) That's not the answer I was looking for. What do children do in regards to their parents when they're growing up? They copy their parents' behavior. Our Father in heaven is a peacemaker who desires to reconcile the world to himself. And when we are peacemakers with others, we're acting just like our heavenly father. We're copying his behavior. Peacemakers are called children of God because they act like him. Does that make sense? And Jesus says, these are the happy people in my kingdom. Did you know that as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven that's passing through the kingdom of this world that God has given you the ministry of reconciliation or peacemaking? Did you know that? Check out 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 20. It says, all this is from God who through Christ reconciled, every time you see that word reconciled, think making peace with, okay? All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and he gave us, here it is, the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them 
and entrusting to us, that's you and me, the message of reconciliation, the message and the ministry of peacemaking. Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, it grieves my heart as a pastor to see so many so-called Christians being hateful and divisive towards people who are lost. It grieves my heart to see so-called citizens of the kingdom of heaven spewing judgment and hate towards people that God loves and desires to reconcile to himself. I don't care if they're gay, addicted, Muslim, a different race than you, a different political party than you. Can I just tell you this morning, being a divisive troublemaker is the opposite of how a citizen of heaven is supposed to behave. We do not minister reconciliation between God and the people that he loves by being ugly on social media or speaking the truth in rage. No, God has called us to speak the truth in love and to be full of mercy and grace and to have patience with people, right? And so what makes you happy? Jesus said being a peacemaker is what makes you happy. Jesus, Jesus said being a kingdom of the citizen, uh, being a citizen of the kingdom of, of heaven who is a peacemaker is what makes you happy. Happy are the peacemakers for they shall be called children of God. And then here's the last thing. Jesus said this. What, what makes you happy? Where can happiness be found? Jesus said this. He said, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake for theirs is the kingdom of heaven blessed are those who are persecuted another paradox right why because happiness and persecution don't go together so what does Jesus mean well here's the best way that I know how to describe this everybody suffers right whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, everyone suffers, all right? But here's the truth. People are gonna suffer for either doing the right thing or they're gonna suffer for doing the wrong thing. And you can only be happy for one kind of suffering and it's suffering for doing the right thing. And so what makes you happy? Jesus said, well, the happy people are the ones who suffer for doing the right thing even when it costs them. Now, are we happy because of the suffering? No. We're happy because we know the outcome of our suffering. Jesus is coming back. We're gonna meet him in the clouds. He's gonna make all wrongs right. There's gonna be no more sin and there's gonna be no more death. And we suffer for that cause. We suffer for it. And Jesus said, these are the happy people, right? Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's our promise. That's our promise. So, what makes you happy? What makes you happy? I told you I'd have the answer for you. And I also told you it's probably not what you think. But here it is, straight from the teachings of Jesus himself. 
Happiness isn't found in things, it's found in who. It's found in who Jesus is, and it's found in who we are in him as citizens of the kingdom of heaven. We are called to be people of humility and sadness and meekness and righteousness, mercy, peacemaking, and suffering for doing the right thing. What am I saying here? I'm saying we're called to be like Jesus. As citizens of the kingdom of heaven, we're called to be like Jesus, and that's where happiness is found. Think about these beatitudes, ladies and gentlemen. God, his heart breaks for the lost world. His heart breaks for the sin in this world and the fact that many are gonna perish apart from him. His heart breaks for that, and so what did he do? He sent Jesus to reconcile the world to himself. And what we learn from the Bible is that Jesus was full of humility. He was poor in spirit. We learn that Jesus was meek, right? We learn that Jesus was righteous. He never sinned. He always did the right thing. He was full of mercy, right? He was a peacemaker, right? That was his whole mission, right? He came to this earth to make peace between the Father and us, and he suffered for doing the right thing. And what the scripture is calling us to do today, what these beatitudes are calling us to do today is to stop trying to pursue happiness through things. That's not where happiness is found. Happiness is found in who? It's found in who Jesus is. And it's found in who you are in him as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. So I gotta ask you a series of questions today so that you can reflect on your life. And so that you can reflect on your relationship with the Lord. If you call yourself a Christian, I got some things to ask you this morning. And the first thing is this. Do you trust yourself and your own strength or do you realize that you are absolutely poor and weak and desperate apart from Jesus Christ? Jesus said, happy are the poor in spirit. Are you indifferent when it comes to your sins and the lostness of this world or are you deeply broken by the destructiveness of sin, not just in your own life, but in the lives of your neighbors and your friends and your coworkers? Jesus said, happy are those who mourn. Are you a defensive person? Always asserting yourself, trying to control all your outcomes because you're powerful and you have a big personality or have you learned to be humble? And have you learned to find your confidence in God? Do you have the halter of meekness upon you? Jesus said, happy are the meek. Are you full of worldly desires and worldly pleasures? Or do you hunger and thirst for righteousness? and for doing the right thing, even in a world where there's so many wrong things to choose from. Jesus said, happy are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Are you regularly, regularly impatient and unforgiving and quick to give people what they deserve? Or are you quick to forgive and to be patient to be gracious and to be kind. Jesus said, happy are the merciful. Are you troubled with impure thoughts and hypocrisy in your life? Or are you actively seeking 
purity, by daily just repenting and, 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 and committing yourself to the Lord, striving your best to live for him. Jesus said, happy are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Are you divisive? Are you a divisive troublemaker or are you a peacemaker? Jesus said, happy are the peacemakers. And then finally, I wanna ask you this. In your day-to-day life, are you afraid to speak up concerning the things of God? Are, are you afraid to live the life that God has called you to among your peers, athletes on the field, folks at the workplace? Are, are, are you afraid to live the life that God has called you to live or are you willing to suffer for the cause of Christ no matter what it costs you? Jesus said happy are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what I came to tell you today. Happiness is the outcome of who Jesus is and who you are in him. Okay, if you consider yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, listen to me. Embrace your identity as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven who's just passing through the kingdom of this world. But while you're here, understand something. You're not of this world. You're a stranger and an alien. And as such, embrace the values of the kingdom culture that Jesus has set before you in the Beatitudes. Be humble. Mourn over sin and death. Choose meekness and desire righteousness. Be merciful and go for purity. Make peace and do what's right even if it costs you. And let me be clear, these are not things that you can do to become a child of God. These are things you do because you are a child of God. This is who you are as a child of God and as a citizen of his kingdom. And so what makes you happy? What makes you happy? Well, it's not found in things. It's found in who? Amen? All right, all right.